What's up, Fit Fam? This is Giovanni of Geo's Logic, your host of Fitness Junkies. I hope this show meets you in good health and spirits, and if not, I hope it inspires you to do something about it. I am so excited to get this guest on here. This is our first Zoom call, well, my first Zoom call as a host of this show. Um, for the first year, I wanted to have in-studio guests, but... Um, it's I'm just time this week. It was just not possible. Um, I saw this guest was in Vegas last week and I was like, Oh my God, I want to get you on the show whenever you can be available. And she's like, I already left, but you know, I'll do the zoom. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Whatever I can get. Um, and you'll soon see why. One So now the waiting is over. Jody Harrison Bauer. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, 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 good. Um, that walk is fierce. I love you just going for it and just, as you say, non-apologetic. Um, what was the inspiration of that, that walk through all those different locations? Yeah. So one of the things I was a fitness competitor for 10 years, I'm a two-time world bikini champion. I accomplished that at 49. And when I started competing at 47, everybody told me that I was too old, that I shouldn't be doing it, that why would I want to get on stage in a bikini and in stripper heels and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things, because I was feeling insecure about doing it, I kept asking my coach, oh, I want to walk like her. I want to walk like her. And she said to me, walk like you. There's only you walk like you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was my walk. So we would be backstage. I don't know. Have you done any competitions? You've done fitness competitions at no, all? No, no. I'm just a fan. You just look like, you just look like you've done fitness competitions. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we would all be lined up backstage. I never looked at the competition. I, I viewed them, but I didn't um, compare myself to them. I learned very fast not to compare myself because we all look different, different shapes and sizes. And when you're competing 45 and over, they don't separate you by height. So I would be competing and in a line in the top five with a five foot nine blonde wearing stripper heels that brought her up to like six feet tall. And then I would be next to her at, you know, I only stand flat footed, not even five one. So I would be like, Hey, I'm five four. <laughs> um, but you know, everybody looked at everybody else. So I was somebody that you know, maybe was sort of the underdog. And then I would walk on stage in my fierce walk and they'd be like, whoa, like your walk is sick. And I won <laughs> all the time. And it nice. was because of my presence. It was because of the um, confidence I had on stage because I loved being on stage. So the inspiration behind that walk was I work with a girl that helps me with my social media and since we were in the city, I said, you know what? I want to do something really bold. I want to just throw on this dress that I felt really confident in my high heels. And I go, and let's take pictures of videos of me strutting around that area of New York. And we did. And I just loved it. And I said, I want to keep doing it every single month, saying like walking into the holiday season, walking into February, walking into winter, whatever it is. But I feel that like whenever I walk into a room, 
it's the way we present ourselves. And part of the way I like to present myself is that confidence. Shoulders back. Obviously, I don't strut to a room like that. <laughs> that's how I feel right. in my brain, like when a show goes on, like right here, like I'm strutting into this Zoom call. Right. And that's what gives me the confidence. So I want other people to feel that way, women especially over 50 to feel like they can strut into any room that they want. They can strut in New York city. They can strut down in Walgreens aisle. They can strut anywhere they want. It's not for anybody, but them. And they could do it in their slippers. I just choose heels. Cause that's, I like wearing heels, right? But every woman likes putting on a pair of heels and strutting. Right. Nobody needs to see them. Right. Awesome. So, um, I have a little, uh, more on that topic, but I want to first get your journey to how you became a fitness junkie because you are legitimately one because I know you've been doing exercise and working out for probably as long as me, about 40 years. 40 years, 40 years, right? Yes. Is that crazy? Yeah, it is. Um, Um, So how did you, how did that happen? What what was your childhood like and, and... Well, I will tell you that um, from the early age of two, my mom threw me into dance lessons. So I started ballet at two. So I I had a very active life. I did tap, ballet, jazz, you know, that whole thing. I was in gymnastics. And then um, I started cheering in eighth grade. So I was a cheerleader from eighth grade until I graduated from high school, went to an all women's college and there weren't any cheerleaders clearly. So I rowed for the first year. I was on the rowing team. It was the first year they had a rowing team. We absolutely sucked. And um, I didn't like running. I've never been a runner. I love lifting weights. I don't like cardio. I don't know about you, but I hate, hate, hate cardio. Um, I could lift all day, but not that. So then um, after I gave up the rowing, uh, because I didn't like to run, I went to school in Boston. So I was running from... um, I was sort of in the Kenmore Square area, if you've ever been to Boston. And then I would have to run to the Harvard Boathouse. So it was across the Harvard Bridge to get over to Harvard to Cambridge. And I just, I didn't like the running. So I stopped. So then I said, well, I need to be active. There wasn't, you know, back, I went to college in 1980, 79, I graduated from high school. So this was like 1980 and there weren't really any gyms for women And there were Gloria Stevens and things like that. I think that was the name of it. But I tried getting back to dancing. So I went back to ballet and I realized, oh, I'm never going to be a prima ballerina. (laughs) I'm sure I don't have long limbs. And I said, you know what? I think I feel super powerful, like in a gym, like lifting. And so I went to like a Gloria Stevens and I started lifting and that was, that was really it. It was from like 1980, you know, I did some lifting in high school as a cheerleader, but it really wasn't a thing that girls did back then. And I didn't play any sports. I was, like I said, I was just a cheerleader, but you know, I played for, I cheered for four sports. So right. that was, that was it. And then from there on, I, I never stopped working out. I never stopped lifting weights. I never, 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 never stopped. And this is what I tell younger people now is in their twenties, like start building that muscle now, because the muscle you build now in your twenties, thirties, even in your early forties, before you start hitting menopause, Nobody could ever take that muscle away from you. Mm. You've got it for the rest of your life. The way you eat 
is going to show whether you've got that lean muscle mass or not. That has everything to do with the food you eat. But that muscle mass that you build in your 20s, 30s, early 40s, nobody's taking that away from you. Yes, yes. And then you said you 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 did some a couple of like first you're a maverick you 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 um you tried out for sports illustrated uh, swimsuit issue you you decided to do one of the hardest things in the world to go on stage and be objectified um in a bikini um in your 40s yeah so after I got divorced at 42, when I was married to my ex-husband, I said, I used to look through um, what I can't remember what it was called. Oxygen magazine. That was Oxygen, like, yes. remember Oxygen is uh -huh. still around. Yep. And I used to look through and I said, I would look at the women in there and say, I'm going to be one of those women on stage. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I remember at like 35, I had my daughters at 28 and 32. And at 35, I was like at my peak, I was like in great shape. And I said to my ex-husband, I want to compete in a fitness show. And he's like, not when you're my wife. And I thought, well, we're going to have to do something about that. <laughs> so that's when I started feeling very boxed in. I started really um, pushing the limits. I realized, and this is what I tell so many men and women also, that when you're in the gym, it's not about the physicality. Yes, that's the end result. It's the mindset. What it did, if I didn't, work out and have that mindset and work on my, my brain and that strength that working out gave me and the confidence it gave me. I don't know how I would have gotten through my divorce, but after I did get divorced and, you know, adjusted to being a single mom and so on, I started putting um, everything in place and figuring out when, and, you know, things, things come to you that you wish for. And I ended up meeting a girl at one of the gyms that I was a trainer in and she started working with this coach and she's like, you know, you should train with this woman. And this woman, her name is Kathy Savage. Um, she was just a few years older than a few years younger than me. And I would have been her, I was her oldest client. And she said like, let's do this. Let's really do this. So I started putting all my ducks in a row and I started working with her. And at 47, she literally pushed me on stage because I kept saying, you know, ready is a lie. So I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> Nobody supported me. Not one single, my daughters were afraid I was going to look, you know, like a man and be muscular. Um, I, I actually ended up divorcing two of my closest friends because they weren't supportive. And, you know, my closest friend was like, Jody, I don't understand why you need to get on stage at the age of 47 in a teeny tiny bikini in stripper heels. I don't get it. And I said, <laughs> because I can. Nice. <laughs> and then, you know, I went off and I competed. And, and the second year I was competing at 48, I was winning all these shows. I was ending up in the top five and I went to Miami and I won. And then I, that was a world show Then I did Vegas and I won. Wow. So I don't know if I go down in history as the only two time world consecutive champion at 49, but I don't know if there's too many like me and I'm not bragging, um, but it was, it was crazy. And I continued to compete until I was 56. In the meantime, I opened up my own fitness studio for women. Um, and I got on stage at 56 after my mom had her stroke and I placed second in a world show. And the woman who beat me was a 45 year old tall blonde. 
Wow. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And then the Sports Illustrated thing, and like it, that probably was a, a whirlwind. That yeah. was crazy. Um, my daughter had suggested that I do it. She's like, Mom, I think this would be a great opportunity for you to you know, really get your platform out there in a more global way, try out for Sports Illustrated Swim. And I thought, no, 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 I'm done. I don't need to do this. She's like, who are you? Like, put on your big girl pants and do this. <laughs> so the first thing was making the video. And then um, anyway, long I didn't make it through the first round. So then I had to fly to Miami if I want to continue to pursue this, because what they did was they saw all the videos that you had to, um, send on to the SI, uh, Instagram and tag all this SI stuff. And I didn't make it through the first round. So I went to the second, I went to the next round, which means went to South beach and you competed against all of the other women. There were 10 thousand women competing. These women were more than wow. half my age. My other daughter was there who lives in Miami. She's now almost 33. So she was 30 at the time. She looked like a grandma next to these girls. They were like 19, 20. Right. And then I made it to the top 60, went back the next day. Meantime, all of these reporters were getting in touch with me. Good morning, America, inside edition. Um, Every, I, I can't even remember them. I was like, people were texting me for, I'm like, how do you know about this? The New York Post, like everything. And then the next day I go to sign up because now we've got to go through the whole registration again. And I walk into the lobby of the hotel where we are and I'm on the cover of the New York Post. Wow. And that's the picture of me right there. Um, it was July 14th, uh, 2019. And wow. um the article did so well. And so here I am walking into the lobby, into the room, through the lobby and seeing all these New York posts piled up. Like <laughs> I, and here's the deal. I, with everything that I've done, I've just trusted my gut. It hasn't been for any other reason, but since I had that platform, I really wanted to speak and wanted to be the voice for so many women over 50 who feel like it's time to give up. They're going through menopause. Maybe their marriage isn't great. Their kids are leaving. They're empty nesters and they they don't like who they are anymore and they feel like giving up. And I wanted to be that voice that um, gave them a louder voice to speak on. So I was able to do that. Being on Good Morning America was great for me. And to see all these women in the audience, I realized, wow, I'm doing the right thing. So it was incredible. I had no idea that I would have that kind of impact and that people would find the story so interesting and Inspiring. inspirational. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. Um, when actually I only realized you were doing the fearlessly authentic podcast recently, I, cause I either just missed it or, or didn't see it on your IG, but I watched the episode, the recent episode where you were by yourself and you were talking about, it, it was interesting, so interesting, because your message was, it seemed like it was for people like me, over 50, um, it felt like it was for women, it felt like it was for younger people, um, because what we do with fitness is, is, is a lifetime thing, it's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle, and your message, it, 
it, what it did, it made me feel uncomfortable. Meaning you, you talked about what do you do in the next two years? Where do you want to be in the next five years? And I was like, Oh, that I felt that like, she's talking to me. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thank you. And I don't do too many solo episodes, but that one is, um, that was really important to me. I, I just felt like I needed to do that. And, you know, it, it's hard to carry a whole show by yourself for one hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's nice to have a guest to go back and forth with, but this is something that actually I'm going to be uh, working on to offer to other, you know, as a, a challenge to um, feel better naked mm. instead of about 10 years ago, I started a challenge at my studio called look better naked. But I realized that as I'm evolving, it's not about looking again, going back to the gym days. I personally went to the gym to feel great about myself. I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to feel buoyant in my body. I wanted to feel, I didn't know that it was going to be meant make me mentally strong, mm. but all of those things made me feel better. So when I was divorced at 42, I did feel good naked. You know, mm. I did look better naked. I, all of those things, because when you feel better, you look better. And as I said in the show and the way we present ourselves to the world matters and it should matter to us. And it matters to, it, it should matter to all of us because it does matter. People don't want to accept that it does matter, but that whole fitness mentality. And let me tell you something, you were probably the same way. I, I mean, it's probably a little different for a man, but as a woman in the nineties, while I was still married and I hung out in the suburbs with all of my suburban girlfriends and we would go out for breakfast. We would go out for dinner to celebrate birthdays. And I would back then in 1992 and 93, I asked for protein on my salad. Nice. I said, could you put some grilled chicken on that salad? And my <laughs> girlfriends would be like, but Jody, the salad doesn't come with grilled chicken. I'm like, I know, but I need to get at least 110 grams of, of protein. They're like, what, what are you talking about? And why do you work out so much? And why do you eat so often? And why don't you eat the birthday cake? And why do you eat ice cream? And I was just, nobody understood me. And yes. then I saw them all at my daughter's wedding in November of 2019. And I had, you know, obviously made a name for myself and so on. They're like, you know, we all thought you were crazy. <laughs> now we get it. But but I was doing that shit back then. Right, right. Yeah. Nobody understood me. They still don't understand me now. Women, but still now. Now, now it's a new group of women. They don't understand me. Right, right. You had you were talking about part of it, and and I latched on to this because this is what I teach as well. Um, and especially for women in our society that, you know, women uh, have this inner clock that is going off when they, as they age. But I think the, one of the drivers for me is developing that confidence and the, the, the confidence lets you become fully authentic and live your life fully and talk a little bit about confidence and how you put that into your world and, and teach that to your clients. So before everybody started using words like empowerment, living in your truth, stand in your power, I was teaching those things to my clients because while they were in that personal training 
area with me, whether it was in another gym or in my gym, a very intimate area, all the things that I was saying to them was building their confidence. So I knew every single time they walked out of that room and left to go home, they felt more confident because what they were doing was, was taking something, doing something that they were afraid of, right? They're afraid of change. They're afraid to change the way they eat. They're afraid that they might get big muscles. Oh my God, I don't even want to go there. (laughs) Afraid of getting big muscles, afraid of looking different. And I was there to hold their hand, to teach them that it's okay. You're going to feel so much better about yourself if you take more control of what you do. Mm -hmm. So it's the talking, it's the journaling. You know, I've been telling women to journal for 33 years. And at first it started out journaling your food, right? Right. But then I was like, but tell me how you feel. Yes. Before anybody was talking about journaling and meditating, I was talking all those things lead to more confidence. It's believing in yourself. And with each client I had, male or female, each person's treated differently. There is no one size fits all for your clients. And that's what's so important to understand that if you do find the right trainer, then they're going to transform your life. And I feel like I'm a transformer. Yes, yes, I believe that. Um, You talked about um, you had a switch recently in your nutrition plan. And I, I... personally was like you were and still am, uh, you know, I would say I'm a, not a carnivore, but I definitely heavy protein, um, higher fat, low carb. You've now recently changed to vegetarian or vegan, which... Um, I don't even know what it's called. It's more plant-based. I wanted to find more of a balance. So I would say it's like 50-50 now because... I wanted to feel the difference of a plant-based diet. I thought it was really, really important to feel that, especially since I don't work out. This is what's interesting about my workouts. They've changed a little bit. They are, I still work. I still lift very, very, very heavy. Like sometimes I'm like, how am I still so strong? (laughs) Like it blows my mind sometimes that I'm still so strong. Um, I just wanted to change it up and see what I would feel like in taking in less protein because I'm not competing in any shows, but I was afraid of losing um, my uh, low body fat. So my body fat's like 18, 20%, which is a a pretty low amount, especially for somebody my age. 100%. You know, um, so I, I was first nervous about that once I realized that, um, that I was still maintaining that low body fat, then I was good. And so I feel really good eating more plant-based, but like I said, it's 50, 50. Right. And, um, you work with a company that helps people because how do you make sure you're getting enough protein, whether it's plant-based or not? Talk about the company that helps you do that. Yeah. So the name of the company is Sakara. And they don't really like to share the um, their macros. Okay. You know, you can get them. Obviously, I know what they are um, because they want women and this is and men who eat their products to not be obsessed with the scale. 
to just eat because the food is nourishing. And that's what I have found. That's what I came back to. It's like, wow, this food tastes really, really good. Instead of just eating chicken, broccoli, sweet potatoes, brown rice, (laughs) and you know how it goes. And I just needed to add that variety. So what I love about what they do is that they take away that obsession with how much food am I eating and getting on the scale. You get a specific amount of food and that's all you eat. Mm. And that's why I didn't see my body fat go up or my weight go up, even though I was eating plant-based. So I think what they do is wonderful for men and women. It's taking away that obsession with the scale Mm. and obsession with the food that you're eating. Know that the food is nutritious. And that's what people need to understand, which maybe, you know, we're a little bit old school, but I still have my protein because the protein I get from Saqqara is not enough for somebody who with like me, who has a lot of lean muscle mass on me. Right. So that's why I'm 50, 50, right. but I love, I love it. And I think, I think you should try it. Okay. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Um, so you also talked about, um, your, what you, what do you call it? Aging with fiercely? No, not apologize. Apologetic or aging without apologizing. Right. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Oh, wow. That really, that really hits my heart because I have felt for so long, especially since I got divorced, and that's really, really where I grew into myself. So it's been almost 20 years that I started to discover who I was and started getting a lot of criticism for getting a boob job. Um, I got it. Should say it a little bit nicer, but that's really what it was. I got breast implants a year after I got divorced. And again, that was something I wanted after I had my two children, my ex-husband wouldn't let me. So in my old life, I asked for permission a lot. I asked my ex-husband, I asked my friends, I asked my parents, I asked everybody until, even though I knew the answer, but I want, I wanted approval from everybody. So I found that I was, as I was growing into myself, that I was apologizing for it. Even getting ready to do the fitness shows, I was apologizing for being who I wanted to be. I was apologizing for not eating the cake. I was apologizing for not being more fun because I wasn't drinking. Um, Apologizing. So when I hit my 50s and opened up my fitness studio, I started to gain more confidence in myself. Even though I looked confident as hell on stage, I still was struggling. So every time I took a risk, getting on stage, competing, training other women to compete, training other clients, because I've was i been training women for 33 years, but now I had my own fitness studio. And as I was teaching them not to apologize for who they were to their significant other, to their friends, because somebody who came to me that maybe needed to lose a lot of weight or gain weight. And then their friends and family see them transforming. And then they're apologizing for who they are, even though they feel better as this new person. I started learning, wow, Jody, you're teaching your clients not to apologize for this better human being. They're becoming inside and outside. You need to stop apologizing. And honestly, my fifties were super messy. 
really messy. Um, for anybody who's in their fifties right now, women, it's a messy time. You're going through menopause. I was in a toxic relationship. My children were leaving for college. It, it was a tough time for me. And, um, I finally, my mom passed away this December after I turned 61. It was the day after I turned 61. And I woke up the next day with such a start. And I just said, done. Not apologizing to the trolls on social media, not apologizing to my daughters, not apologizing to anybody who doesn't feel comfortable with me anymore. And that's what it was. They didn't feel comfortable with themselves so what they did was they made me feel uncomfortable for me. And right. I found that even after all these years and all the work I was doing on myself, I was still apologizing. And I said, screw it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. And that's that's where it came from. And um, right. I've never felt more spirited and honest about who I am and where I stand and powerful in who I am no more apologies that it's too bad if they feel uncomfortable around me. I can't, I can't do anything. And I'm sure you feel the same way. People yes. don't understand. Hey, what are you working out so much like that for? What do you, why do you keep, why do you keep pushing yourself, pushing yourself? I don't know. I don't know any other way. So if it feels, makes you feel uncomfortable, I'm not apologizing anymore. Love it. Love it. And going back to your, your new walking, you're strutting through the town or wherever you're at. Um, you also don't dress like someone in your sixties. And I always have a problem with it because, you know, we talked before the show, it's like, we feel 20 plus years younger than our age says we should feel. And we dress like people that are, you know, half our age, but we pull it off. We look amazing. And, but we get hate for it. What do you, what do you say about that? That's one of the other, that's a big thing um, for what I'm criticized for is Jody, don't you, don't you think you should wear that dress? I mean, again, this started, you know, we talk about pain points. This is a pain point from 20 years ago. You know, don't you think, you know, that, that, button is down a little bit too far, or that dress is a little too short, or your heels are a little too high, or why are you letting your hair grow? So when I was married, my hair was as short as Sharon Stone's hair, just so you know. Right. Um, and I wasn't allowed to grow my hair long. What is that with women that get a certain age? It's like, we don't want to work in our hair anymore. We're going to cut it off. And it's right. They're like, that? yeah, I'm just not going to like do that. And I'm thinking, what are you really trying to protect yourself from? Because it's not that they don't want to feel attractive. That's a lie they're telling themselves. So how do I, to answer your question, how do I feel about and the hate I get for the clothes that I wear and the way I wear my hair and my big boobs and my legs and just being sexy? Um, too bad. I don't care anymore. I don't, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't care anymore. And part of it was my oldest daughter had... Um, issues with it from the time that I picked her up from school when she was in seventh grade. So she's now 33. So seventh grade, 13. So 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. And she would say, and I had a, um, a BMW convertible and I drive up to the front of the school 
mom, don't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. Her, her guy friends had a crush on me. Mom, don't get out of the car. So from even that early, like I told 20 years ago, I was told you can't do this. Don't get out of the car. Don't get out of that. And so then I would say, well, I can't be this because my daughters aren't here yet. Well, now they're 29 and 33. And again, even to my daughters, this is who I am. If you've got a problem with it, talk about it to your therapist. <laughs> so yeah. go on. And it's, I mean, I love my, anybody who knows me knows I am a mom first, but there comes, and I hope the women who are listening to this, who say they can't do things because of their kids or their husbands, but let's just take your children. It gets to a point in your life where your children are adults. They know how to wipe their own butt and they're doing what they want to do. It's time for you to release yourself and do what you want to do because I stayed hidden behind. I need to do this for my children. I need to do this for my children. And one of the things somebody just said to me recently was, your daughters don't know what it's like to be 61. So just do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me. Love it. Love it. Um, so, you know, I feel like um, I'm currently single and I feel like I'm a unicorn, you're a unicorn. People that are, I would say, more mature like us. Yes. <laughs> we, and that are living a fitness lifestyle, pretty strict lifestyle. Yeah. It's hard to find people that can relate to that and, and to understand that maybe a workout on a Friday night is the night, you know, with a good healthy meal um, and to be okay with that. How do you feel about finding a mate or you might have one, but like how difficult it is being in this little demographic that we're in. It's hard. It's hard. And I remember um, even when I was like dating um, that I went on a web uh, dating site back a million years ago called fitness singles, because I was so tired of showing up for those match.com dates right. where the guy said, you know, I'm fed and I live a healthy lifestyle and you'd show up at the restaurant, he's eating a bowl of pasta and you're like, yeah, you got a big belly. Uh-uh. So I would never date anybody. Um, I'm, I'm married. My husband is very, very fit. Um, he's built very differently than you and I, he's tall and thin, um, but eating healthy and being fit is very important to him. And we are, because we're built so differently. So for him, he has to, if he doesn't work out every day and eat a lot of food, he's going to lose weight. Don't you mm. wish that was our problem? Yeah, right. Uh, right. We like we're mesomorphs here. Right. And uh, if we don't, if we don't do our cardio, if we don't watch every macro that we put into our body, um, you know, we're going to gain three, four or five pounds. Yeah. So, and every little pound on me, cause I'm not even five one, shows on me. So mm -hmm. it's, um, but I, I would say that if you are a healthy person, do not like stick with something, somebody who is healthy, like you stick yeah. to it. I mean, that person's going to come to you. Yes. Don't change Gio. Don't change. Yes. No, I, I can't like, you can't, right. You can't, it's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and it's not about it's not about looking good in the mirror. That's just the stuff we get from putting in the hard work. Right. It's it's the attitude towards life. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know the thing about you know what you wear it's like it's like so, somehow emotionally um i've i've never aged like the traditional people age i don't know what it is it, it may be the stress of life and raising kids i don't have kids either but like I don't try to dress young. I don't try to look cool. It's just who I am. It's like you say, you, it's it, you're authentically living your life. It's it's your authentic right. You don't you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing what feels right for you right. and don't ever apologize. Just and that's what I do too. But because I guess I have this platform, people find me and women and men like to put me in my place. They like to say, hey, you know, I don't really think that dress looks so good on you. And right. I don't really think your thighs are in such great shape. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Thank you so much for that comment. Yeah. And your workout regimen is what? So it's, I, I, I really feel like we need to stick to who we are and ignore, ignore the haters because they're mean. Yeah. And don't yeah. engage, don't engage. Yeah. So I, I thought I thought of this question um, because you talk to so many different age groups. Um, what, let's say, maybe before before you got divorced, your first uh, time. I don't know how many times, but um, no, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm only divorced once. Okay, good. Um, and I just got married three years ago. So awesome. It took, but it, it took a lot of you know. I had to figure things out. I wasn't looking to get married really quickly. It wasn't a goal. What now would you tell that younger self? What, what, what tips? And I know you have some principles of life, but what would you tell that younger you that you know now? The younger me, I'm going to go back to my thirties, not necessarily. I don't know. My younger me, I would tell me, to stop listening to what everybody else says. Stop. Stop listening to the opinions of others. My dad was in sales and used to say, you know what, Jode? Everybody's got opinions. They're like buttholes. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got one. And that's always stayed in my head, but I I couldn't, I was, I'm the oldest of three girls and I was a people pleaser. So I would tell my older self to stop trying to please everybody. You can't, you can't make everybody happy. Not one size fits all and just be yourself, Jody, because that's the true essence of who we are. And that's the true essence of who I am. I'm not, I didn't realize how different I was, how restless I was to be who I was. Mm. And I would tell my younger self that it's okay to not please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. G giving yourself permission to be who you are, to live yeah. fully. That's great. Yeah. It's taken a long time and a lot of work and, you know. You're still take, learning. We are still learning. And to also, yeah. you know, one of the things I talk about all the time is about taking the risks that we need to, to take us to the next level of confidence. Mm. It's that evolution. It's that empowering of ourselves that gives us the confidence because we don't keep that promise to ourselves to do that workout, to get on and do our podcast every single week. Then we're going to lay there restless in bed 
I'm going to say, damn, why didn't I do that workout? Because, you know, we never regret a workout, but we regret working out. We regret never working out, right? Right. And it's the same thing with its consistency. And that consistency and the promise gives us the confidence to take the next next risk. And, And with that confidence, then we don't have to ask permission anymore, right? Right, right. Yeah. Hey George, let's uh let's take a look at some of the the movements this young lady does. using the TRX, um, a lot of the women, and they all love working with the TRX, but a lot of them hold on like a death grip. So I have to say, don't hold on to it like a death grip. Um, uh, but with the ones one. that, yeah, isn't it hard? Yeah. I know. People don't understand how hard it is. It's also hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, that's Great. another hard one. Yeah. Do you use the TRX? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things you do to add the intensity. I could, you know, put um, weights around my ankles and without stopping. Oh, yeah. I love Um, doing these. Yes. Hike. And you know, that form is so important. Mm -hmm. Wrists under the shoulders. Elbows out. Squeeze those glutes, pull in the belly button, breathe. Wow. All on the TRX, all with yeah. body weight. Yes. And um, that's the place, and that's the place where a lot of women have to start. And I they get frustrated. They're like, can't we just throw on the weights? I'm like, uh-uh. You have to learn how to lift your own body first before we take it to the next level. And that's where they start learning to have that confidence in themselves. So that that was your studio, right? And part t- of it. That's one big room. I have another room for the personal training area. Tell us a little bit more about the studio and where it is and how So it's can... in, I live in Connecticut. I live in a little town near the water on in Brantford, Connecticut. And it is, um, the studio is about 1800 square feet. And I have a large room where I do gla- um, group classes. And, you know, that's taken a little bit of a hit because of COVID. Um, so luckily more people are doing more one-on-one training. So I offer group classes, personal training, nutrition, and, um, the nutrition is like the most interesting thing that I love to do. It's, you know, we can train all day, right. But if we're not fueling our body with the right food, then nothing going to change. Nothing is going to train change. And the, the thing that, you know, fires up our metabolism, it's the movement, it's the the lean protein, and that's the hardest part for everybody to understand. So at the end of the day, I'm a teacher and I'm educating the women and the men who come into my studio because I want them to leave feeling educated and empowered so they can bring that into their life and they can pass that on to their children, their significant other and other people that they meet. But that's what I do. I'm, I'm a really compassionate teacher. I love to teach I love to see the transformation in people. And so there could be group classes going on and training in the other room. 
and it's, it's become a community where mm. people go and they feel really, really safe. And that was my goal when I left a big box gym. Do they even have big box gyms anymore? I don't even know. Yeah, they do. And I was, I was calling it a boutique fitness back before boutique fitness was called a thing. Right. And because I like, I get overwhelmed with big places. Like I can't go into, you know, um, Ikea, for example, we were talking about Ikea before the show. Right. I can't go into Ikea. It's too overwhelming. So I wanted women and the men who were brave enough to come into the studio have a place where they felt safe and not judged. I like it. I like it. And now can people get your coaching if they're not in the area? Can they also? Yes. So how, how do they reach you if they, they hear this and go, I want to be like that? <laughs> Thank you. They could just reach out to me on my website, jodyfit.com. And, or they can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram more at Jody Harrison Bauer, but I'm also on Facebook, same name everywhere, TikTok, Facebook, and um, Instagram. And they can reach out to me and I would love to help anybody. I do have an ebook. It's a meal plan that I wrote um, after Sports Illustrated because so many women, women were reaching out to me and asking me, how do I look like you? I'm 50, I'm 55, I'm 60, I'm 40. How do I look like you? And I told them that it all starts with the food and, um, and their relationship with food. And I talk a lot about that because there's the whole psychology between being bad. You know, you're never bad. You're never bad. It's the foods that we choose to that makes us feel a certain way. So I I teach women and men how to have a better relationship with food and choose the foods that are going to make them feel more energetic, younger, feel younger and feel better in their bodies. It, mm. it really is. The food is so important. I felt very, very passionate about make, having that meal plan. They could find that on my website, the Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan, but reach out to me on any of those platforms. And I'd love to talk to you. Awesome, because um, I know I'm inspired by you um, for a lot of different reasons, but um, the masses, especially women, you know, entering their 40s and older, um, I think will really be inspired by you because you are living it and it, it's, you know, you can see it. You know, I, I um, one of the things that, that, uh, really connected with me is when you're on vacation and you no filters, no makeup, and you are on social media. It's like, what? Wait, 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 this doesn't connect. And you're, it was like, but even before I knew you had a, sh uh, a podcast that, that, you know, touts the word authentic, I was like, wow, you are so authentic. I love that. <laughs> Talk Thank you. That. I think I know what video you're talking about. Yes. So I'll send it to you. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, you know, how do you feel like about the fakeness or this, this kind of, this veil of, of, of I'm coming out to the world and this is who I am, but like you have all these filters on, you maybe have work done. It's like, well, who are you really? Right. And so a lot of people ask me if I've had work done about my boobs, about this and about that. And so going back to the filter question. Yeah. So I don't like to use filters 
I do use them sometimes when I feel like I'm having a really like not great face. Um, <laughs> I will use them sometimes. If you go to TikTok, you'll see that um, I, I never like, I don't know what it is between Instagram and TikTok, but like I post a lot more on TikTok without filters. Um, I try not to really use a filter at all ever on Instagram anymore, just because it looks so bad. Right. It actually, for me, makes me look older and I'm not trying to look younger. I'm just trying to preserve what I have right now. Mm. And um, as far as the filters go, I'm not a fan. I think everybody should present themselves well, but like, again, the way we present ourselves to the world matters. So maybe someone's not feeling great about the way their face looks that day. So that's when I think we can use a filter, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be abused. Okay. So I'm just going to be real about it. Yes. Sometimes I use filters. The picture of me walking on the street, there's no filter in that. Mm. The picture of me on that you were talking about, there's no filter on that. I'm trying less and less. Again, I think it's because I'm feeling more and more confident about who I am and who I want to be for the people that need me. Because right. I'm realizing more and more as more women and men reach out and the men reach out to me, you know, maybe to compliment me or whatever, but also they have women in their lives and they want their, their women to, to know who I am. Mm. But, um, I, you know, I, I really think it's important. And if somebody says, oh, you look so much older without the filter. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, I was in <laughs> Vegas last week and I walked around 99% of the time without makeup on. Wow. I mean, when I was on David Meltzer's show, obviously I had my makeup done, but there was no filters. You know, it's, um, yeah. So I think people should use them if they're having a bad day, but really try to 99% of the time don't use them. Right, right. Um, so turning the corner here a little bit, um, uh, I did my research. I know you have daughters. One of the things in two of the things in the media um, that are just really troubling me and, and ever since COVID hit, it seems like the world has turned upside down. Uh, the question of what is a woman, first of all, is ridiculous. Um, scientifically, we know what a woman is, and sometimes people can't answer that question. You know, Supreme Court justices can't answer that question. It drives me crazy. I just want to know what you think about that and um, men that are identifying as women and competing against women in, you know, high school and college sports. How do you feel about that? I'm really, 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 really passionate about the men who identify as women competing with other girls because my daughters played sports. They're not big human beings. They were not great athletes, but they played sports. They played three sports a year. And if there was a boy who identified as being a girl and like completely took over, dominated the game, I would be absolutely livid. I think it's wrong. I, I just think it's completely wrong. I don't agree with any of that. I think it's complete BS. I, I don't like the way the whole world, we have men and we have women. If you want to become transgender, you want to become a man or you want to become a woman and you, you, you change everything, then what can we do? You are, you anatomically are now a woman. 
I think that's one particular situation, but identifying bullshit. <laughs> You're calling bullshit. <laughs> I call bullshit. I'm sorry. I don't even know if I could swear on here. You can. But um, okay. Yeah, I just I don't like it. I don't I don't like it. It's I think the world's getting a little bit crazy with the they, them, this, their, whatever. Mm. I actually met somebody when I was away who said his 14-year-old daughter is now um identifying as binary. Okay, yeah. I've heard that one too. Yeah. And I just, I'm just so glad that my daughters are older and I got through that safely. You know, right. um, I am very empathetic and sympathetic to the parents that are going through that with their children. I think just the world, I think we just have to say, this is a girl, this is a boy. They came, I gave birth to two children that had vaginas. They are girls. <laughs> yeah. And these, um, birthing people, <laughs> um, what what do you think about that? Like, how how are we not understanding scientifically what a woman is, and and people getting worried about answering that question? I don't know. I mean, I I don't I don't really have a huge answer for that, except that I think we need to go back to basics. Yes. And there are men, and there are women, and you could be a strong male. And a strong female, you could be a weak man and a weak female. It has it. This is how we are born. And I, but I do believe that if you do want to change your in your insides, if you want to change from a vagina to a penis, and you want to go through all that and the and the hormones and all that, then I say, go ahead and do it. But this identifying with something else and not knowing. The, if this baby is a girl or a boy, it's a girl, it's a boy. Like, come on, like this is getting to be insane. And as a grown woman who's given birth and has had two miscarriages, like this shit's real. Like it's real. Like stop screwing everything up. Yeah. And it's getting to, it's getting to be too much. And even um, we were talking briefly about Caitlin Jenner. Yes. He doesn't, she, he, he, she. <laughs> she doesn't think that it's fair either for a, a person identifying as a uh, woman competing in, in sports. No, and this is an Olympic athlete, right? Right. So, I mean, she gets it, you know, they should look to people like her who have gone through the changes, who have changed. I don't know if she's done everything. I don't, again, I don't, I don't know. Either. I don't think she did. I think she just did the boobs. I, I don't know. Um, I I feel bad that they want to change their gender, but it's a personal choice. But again, if I, I don't agree with the identifying with a different gender, I think it's just bullshit. And I think it's just getting out of control. I, yeah. I just think it's getting out of control. Yeah. And I'm just glad my children are older. Yeah. And, it, and I don't... I, I, I don't, I don't have to go through that. Yeah. I, feel, I feel terrible for the parents who are going through it. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and even younger, like the whole thing with, with uh, Florida and the, was it don't say gay or whatever, like. Oh, right. Right. I heard that. Children and their like five-year-old children learning like stuff that really they shouldn't be learning yet. They shouldn't. They're too young. They're too young to be, their brains are just, I mean, I'm supposed to go to a, a six-year-old's birthday party today. Like <laughs> I can't even imagine 
my children being that age and being told these things, I, I was lucky enough. My kids did go to private school. Mm -hmm. So I was able, things were filtered. Like when I say filtered, it wasn't being in public school. And I think just everything is getting very, very out of control with what is being taught in the school. Right. And now the parents are being told they can't say these things and parents have no rights. And we need a, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I can't say that. I can't. It's just, <laughs> there, there needs to be a big change. There needs to be some kind of. Common revolution. sense campaign. Some kind of revolution that's to like stop all this craziness. Oh, please. Just, it is. It is. All I can think of is that it's a crazy world. I, I actually stopped listening to the news a while ago because it was making me too anxious and I don't, I want to know, it's like being like competing backstage. I want to know who my competition is, but I don't want to compare myself with them. And it's just like the news, it could be all too consuming. And I think if we continue to live with all this politics influencing us, then we can get too crazy inside our own heads. And then we forget what is actually right. So I love that you asked me about these things mm. because I think going back to basics, it's like working out. Everybody can come up with all these newfangled workouts, right? Right. All this, all of this shit that's out there with all the workouts. Guess what, girls? Guess what, guys? Go in there, do the freaking bicep curl, do the rows, do the overhead press, do the lunges, do the squats, do the cardio. That's how you get into shape. Right. Do the chest presses. Right. I mean, do the lat freaking pull downs, work your freaking abs, hold a plank. I mean, do that shit. That's how you stay in shape and eat healthy. Yep. It's that easy <laughs> or simple right right, right. 100 throw 100%. in a trx workout to change it out when you're using your own body weight but i mean at the i mean even trx is getting to be old school they use that with the navy seals it's basic it's basic stuff it's basic stuff you know you have your babies they come out it's a boy it's a girl you raise them this way you introduce the girls to all of these things when they're little they choose what they like yes and it's just that simple. Right. And let them develop. They might go through a phase like where they're identifying more towards, you know, a tomboy. And that might just be a phase. It doesn't mean you need to like start putting them on hormones and, and pushing them towards being a man. Like let them go through I, it. I wish you can see what my daughters look like. They're very feminine girls. And my oldest one, um, her dad um, really wanted to make her a tomboy. He didn't want to make her into a boy, but he was like, you know, be tough, this and that. So she started, she want, her hair was really long. She's like in fourth grade. She's like, mommy, I want to cut my hair. I'm like, no, I want to <laughs> cut my hair. She cut, we cut it up to here. She started wearing overalls and you remember Timberlands because mm -hmm. Timberlands were popular right. back then. They're back now, I guess. And uh, Timberland's overalls, if she, if she, when she listens to this, she's going to crack up because she wanted to be a tomboy. And right. when she goes, and I'm like, go ahead, go do, do it. Right. And, you know, I didn't think she was going to become a boy. Right. Um, you know, but she had to experience those things. She didn't play with dolls. And my other daughter played with dolls a lot. Right. It was just, it's, and they're both feminine women. And it's all about, it's about imagination when your kids are growing up. Imagine, you know, playing, trying different things, 
that's what growing up is all about and doing it that safe, safe, safe place with your mom and your dad or whoever is taking care of you. Right. It's not about, you know, helping them transition or, or pushing them in a certain way. Okay. That means we've got to support her as being a boy. Like, it's just no. so crazy to me what we've, where we're coming. And I, I, right. And I was not a girly girl. I didn't, you know, dress them in bows and pigtails and, you know, one of my daughter's closest friends, her mom dressed them up, uh, her daughter up with, she was always had her hair curled and she was in ruffles and pretty. <laughs> and my daughter would come home and go, why can't you dress me like that? Cause I'm like, we're sporty spice. Okay. We don't dress <laughs> like that. We're just not all about the frills and the ruffles. Well, that girl became a lesbian, the ruffly girl. Oh, wow. She became a lesbian. She was on my show, like the second or third person on my show. She had fell in love with a woman. Well, they're not together anymore, but she was a lesbian for like five years. So it's just so funny because it, it doesn't, it, and her parents were like doing anything. They just, that's who she became. And it's so funny because she started dressing differently when she was with this other woman. And I said to her, remember when you used to dress in ruffles and bows and pigtails and curls? And she just laughed. Um, but again, she had to go through all of those different stages and right. it's just allowing. And I think this is what parents need to understand. And again, whether it's in fitness or in business or with your children, allowing the people that are in your life that you love, that you want to teach to offer them that safe space where they can be themselves and grow into the person they want to be. You give them that safe space where they feel confident to become the person they want as long as they know that there's somebody there that loves them and supports them. And these parents that are pushing their children because they're playing with dolls versus cars. No, stop. Just stop. Stop parents. I don't know who you are, but just stop. Yes. Yes. You're doing your kid a disservice. Let them be. Just let them be. Um, You did spark a topic that I wanted to talk about before we get off this call. Um, you mentioned uh, she's now a lesbian, and that made me think about the Johnny Depp um, defamation suit against Amber Heard. And uh, I don't know if you've been following it at all, but um, you also mentioned toxic relationships. And um, long story short, I've known a lot of people, men like Johnny Depp, and I've known a lot of women, not relationship wise, but like Amber Heard, toxic relationship, but Johnny Depp, what I'm hearing now, and I believe Amber Heard, she went through hell. What do you think about that story? If you know anything about it? I, you know what? Again, I'm not watching the news a lot. I feel bad because I was scrolling through Instagram and TikTok last night and I thought, oh, I really should know what's going on about this. I don't know. Um, so I can't speak intelligently about it. I don't know. I, I'm When we get done with this show, I'm going to educate myself on it because I should know what's going on with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, no worries. It, it's, it's just one of those... Um, sad, sad tales. Um, I, I think they both need a lot of treatment and, you know, you know, it's, you know, the story of, you know, who's abusing who, who started it. Um, it, it, it's like the way our process is now with social media, 
Johnny Depp got to um, state his case for the whole first week or two, and it made Amber Heard seem like a psycho. Now that she's doing her side of it, mm -hmm. oh my God, Johnny Depp need he he needs to have his head checked that he made that suit because now it's all coming out in the wash and you'll see your your chin is going to be on the ground when you hear her stories really yeah yeah you got to take a look at it so you know as far as toxic relate i don't know if you've ever been in a toxic relationship I have. yeah i think at this point in our lives we have we've had at least one right yeah yeah and um in reflecting on mine and toxic relationships, usually they're very passionate. Mm. Um, and you look back and you go, who was I? And what was really going on in my life? And I don't have many regrets in my life at all. And even from the toxic relationship, I wish I didn't spend as much time in it but I learned a lot about myself. Mm. And I, I think that I was also going through menopause again, 50s, very messy. Mm. Um, and it's just, if you feel that something is not right in the relationship, again, trust that gut instinct and leave before it gets really toxic. Mm. Yes. I, and I think so many of us stay because maybe the sex is really great because these are passionate relationships where usually the last thing to leave the relationship is this amazing sexual connection mm. that you don't think you're going to have with anybody else. You're super attracted to the person, but they are a horrible, horrible human being, but you can't pull yourself away. Was that, was that what happened with you? Yeah. So that's what happened yeah. with me. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. if, if you are people, if you haven't done any, uh, uh, dive into that be careful it can trigger you it, it's she has some stories that will blow your mind on that it it gets very very crazy and you know i it's you can get really hurt yeah. physically yeah thank god i didn't you didn't yeah. at least i don't think you did no and uh you know when i see it happening to other people right i'm sure when you see it happening to your friends or other family members you're like this is so this is so toxic you need to get out of this what don't you see but just like us when we were in it you can't see it all you can see is i want to figure this out i know i'm going to work this out you hate each other you love each other it's the narcissism it's the it's it's everything everything yeah. is in there and yeah. i'm glad i'm out of it and um and hopefully can help other people with it when I see it. And you know, yeah. when you're training people, you can see what kind of relationship they're in because you get to know people. It's it's sort of, you know, going to confession. Yes. When you're in that in that training session with a client, it's and they're just being uh, their most truthful self. Yeah. And, and that's when I, that's when all the change starts happening. But yeah, toxicity, we can all live without it. 100%. So before we leave, what's on the horizon for you in the next period? Wow, a lot. Okay. So I'm going to be launching a challenge probably by the end of the summer called Feel Better Naked. As I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a five-day challenge where I help people feel better naked. 
And we're going to go through all the things that it takes. A lot of them we talked about today, working out, journaling, meditating, not just those simple things that I'm just kind of glossing over right now, but dive pretty deep and giving people the opportunity to also work with me one-on-one. And I'm also going to be taking my podcast on the road. So uh, meeting people, because as you know, it's a lot better to meet people in person than it is via Zoom. There's just this, this feel, again, going back to that feeling part. And that is, that's pretty that's pretty much it right now. And I'm actually, I keep forgetting that I'm trying to write a book. Nice. So, but the nice. podcast is taking it on the road is just, I have clients, I have people that I know all over the country that I really want to um, sit down with. Being, yeah. Be in their Instead presence. of seeing them on there and yeah. I'll come out to Vegas, you know, or when I'm sure you're probably never in Connecticut, but <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm probably going to be moving out of Connecticut too. And okay. um, leaving my studio to hopefully one of my, my trainers who will take, be taking over it. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. If you, if you make it your, I'm sure you'll be out here again, but yes, sque- squeeze in an hour for me. <laughs> yes, I would love that. I would yeah. love that. Your studio looks very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm even a bigger fan now. People find this young lady, <laughs> young lady on <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all those venues, TikTok. TikTok. Um, same name on all of them, which is unique. That's great that you have those. Um, and uh, until next time, guys, um, like, share, write a review. Um, I'm out.